Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. Green Podcast broadcast you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios at Mohegan Lake, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Lagaris, everybody. Yo, what's up, everybody? And we also have back in the house the number one football coach in the nation today. Forget about any division, NFL, college, high school. This guy's killing it on a weekly basis. Samuel here. Welcome back to the show. What's up, Jet Nation? Missed you guys, man. Happy to be back. Yeah, we got a lot to get to. Obviously, we avoided an absolute disaster, as you can see from the cover from the show this week, guys. We thought Zach might be out for the year. He's not. We're going to touch on him, talk about Dwayne Brown, talk about this Eagles-Jet game. We're going to talk about Brady Quinn for some reason that has it out for Zach Wilson. We don't know why. We'll get into that momentarily. Talk about this Atlanta Falcons game coming up on Monday night. Sammy, the first game we get to go to in our brand new seats season tickets i know sammy's ready to rock and roll guys before we get into that let's just talk about the important stuff and that's braxton Berrios's madden character i know sammy (laughs) he's not happy with it it's not it's not necessarily representative of how he actually looks i feel like it was a low effort by the people at ea sports sammy what are your comments here on braxton Berrios and this madden character why don't you let somebody why don't you let jet nation and aeb nation know what's been going on with that yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and Braxton Berrios is my guy. Everybody knows that. So I follow him, and I see he posts, this is egregious. So I look at the tweet, and for those of you who haven't seen it, go right now. Go Google Braxton Berrios' Madden character. Not only did they do this man so much change, but they didn't even get his hair color right. I mean, <laughs> that's like the easiest thing to do. The facial features are hard. It's a video game. We know. Guys look weird, robotic, but the yeah. hair color, even that, you can't get that right? I, mean, I know on. it's I, I Sammy when you told me I went ahead and took a look and a lot of these videos that have come out of these very despondent Russian soldiers who get captured by the Ukrainian army he looks <laughs> like those he looks like an amalgamation of those guys now if you go look ABG nation tell me I'm wrong tell me he does not look like a very sad Russian soldier or some eastern eastern Bloc gentleman who has not gotten a lot of sleep um, I don't think that's very fair to Braxton I'm pretty sure his hair is blonde and I'm pretty sure he's that high cheekbones going. I mean, the guy the guy has to be sad with the way that turned out. Also, Sammy, what were we getting into with the Kelseys? So, what was that about? I'm sure everybody in the NFL knows now all the players are wearing those mushroom caps, right? The things that are supposed to prevent them from getting concussions in practice. So I don't know if you've seen, they all kind of look ridiculous. And I love the personality of the Kelsey brothers because they're kind of like Gronkowski, but not as crazy, right? So Travis comes out and he goes... We're just out here wearing these mushroom helmets that are doing nothing but adding weight to my big ass head, right? So his brother, in response to Travis Kelsey's tweet, responds and he posts a picture of him wearing his mushroom cap on his helmet and then he bubble wrapped it, okay? He bubble wrapped <laughs> that mushroom cap and he wrote, they say the Guardian caps 
for uh, add twenty percent protection to the concussion. I figured the bubble wreck gave me another two to three. You know, like, <laughs> if you guys, I, I first got exposed to those uh, watching Hard Knocks this year, which is the Detroit Lions. Um, their coach Dan Campbell, a guy I thought was an absolute clown, um, until I watched that first episode this year, and I was like, you know what, this guy, this guy fucking has me. He has me on board. I'm, I'm on board with Dan Campbell. What he has to do, but I saw those mushroom caps. I don't know what to think about those. Everybody looks like Toadstool from Mario. That's yeah, so what I was going to say. Like Mario 8 out there. What the <laughs> hell is going on, man? <laughs> and it, it is hard to a degree to take those. I know these guys will absolutely lay me out if I walk on the field for one second. But it's hard to take you serious with the mushroom caps. <laughs> I'm watching I'm watching camp fights break out. And these guys have those things on their head. And you're like, this is silly. This is <laughs> you know? You don't see the job he did on the bubble wrap. He Yo, didn't tape it down or anything. It's just like around the mushroom you know? Salah, <laughs> and i don't know if you guys know Salah hates these things oh i'm He's sure already oh he hates and all, all these coaches i mean um it's a necessary evil and i think they understand why they're putting the bubble wrap and the mushroom caps on dudes heads uh but the aesthetic look and just it's not it, it doesn't look like visually the same as normal football these guys heads are gigantic now i can see all these old school coaches not being a big fan of it one thing our coach is a big fan of is the fact that zach wilson is not going to be missing the entire season, guys. <sighs> this Eagles deck game, we're going to break it down, but before we do that, we know once everybody saw Zach go down, once you saw him fall, limp off the field, they're talking ACLs. We understand. I'm looking, my wife is next to me. Okay, I had to lay out the history for her. Okay, 1998, Vinny Testaverde comes to the Jets. We go 12 and 4. He had a great season. We get that within a hair of that championship game, not the Super Bowl game, I should say, coming into 1999, who's one of the favorites to win it all? The New York Jets. What happens on the first drive? He tears his Achilles, guys. Okay? That's the Jet life. What happens a few years later with Chad? His arm gets ripped off in a giant preseason game when we thought we maybe were an ascending team. It just seems like these things follow us. So when Zach went down, I think a lot of Jet fans' knee-jerk was to think the worst. I know a lot of our... Hello? Hello, hello? Yeah. I Keep going. Uh, no, my uh, screen says my browser failed to play the video clip, so I don't know what's on the screen right now. So oh, it, it's just the Zach. Uh, all right, uh, all right uh, hold on. I don't know. I don't know. I'll just keep going, even though I can't see myself. Doesn't matter. Um, I know a lot of Jet fans were thinking worst case scenario. I totally understand that as well, because that's what happens with the Jets, right? A lot of our friends on the chat, Mike, were saying the season's over. Get ready for the number one pick. Didn't turn out that way. Okay, two to four weeks, four to six weeks. We know he had the, he had to have the meniscus shaved down, a bone bruise for Zach. I know panic ensued. Sammy, I want to ask you, we haven't had a chance to talk to you in a little bit, when you were thinking about the Joe Flacco reality for this entire season, for the Jimmy G trade reality for this entire season, or maybe he gets cut and you pick him up. Um, where was your mind at when Zach went down and you were looking at the season here, considering that if he goes down for the whole year, it's a whole nother year, you don't get to evaluate the kid. You're kind of starting from scratch again next year. That would have kind of been a complete waste of a year. You agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you hear a lot of these guys on ESPN, too. They were talking about, well, this is going to set him back now, and do you just take another quarterback and cut your losses with Zach? Uh, I feel like it, a tremendous overreaction happened as soon as he went down, just because of the history, like you said. Um, I don't think – I think you're okay with what you got. Mike White proved that, okay, he can be serviceable when he needs. We know Joe Flacco is kind of a scrub, but he did win a Super Bowl. He's proven that he can play well. He's got a good ratio in terms of touchdowns to interceptions when he has played, even though the Jets haven't won a game with him starting. 
That's so, what, exactly. Sam, I, that's I, what I was going to get into right? when it comes to Flacco because he started five games for the Jets and he's 0-5, but a bunch right. of those games were the Gase era. Right, um, and he's got, know. what, nine touchdowns, three picks? Like nine touchdowns, three picks. If you combine the the throughout the five games he started, the QB rating is about a 96.5. The game last year versus Miami, he almost threw for 300 yards. He had a couple touchdowns, um, but it comes down to the record, you know, 0-5. Right. I think short-term, the way this worked out with the injury, and I want to see if Mike agrees, the way it worked out, the fact that he's only going to be out two to four weeks. So what we're looking at, Mike, is what? He might be back by the end of August, all right? Or if it goes four weeks, he's back right around when that first week is. So maybe you have Flacco start that first game. But considering the injury and what it could have been, Mike, kind of worked out in the best-case scenario because you can let Flacco start a few games. But we're still going to be able to have Zach play most of the season and be able to evaluate him because that just would have been a disaster if he missed the whole year. Then you go into year three with a big question mark again. I mean, that just would have been horrible, Mike. What was your feelings? What were your emotions, Mike, when you saw him go down, harder to the back? All the rumors are flying around about the knee, Mike. What was your? Where were you at? I was very disappointed um, with the way these online doctors essentially were um, diagnosing and uh, triaging and speaking to. Um, players like they know exactly what happened there was a doctor on there i'm not gonna put names out that essentially said yes zach wilson tore his acl i saw the video this is what happens and then unfortunately um jet twitter just exploded and then another prominent uh new york jet um i would say writer slash uh person who comes up on sny went and said yeah most likely he tore his acl and everyone was living in darkness i mean i was just sitting there thinking to myself it's just so hard to swallow the fact that every single quarterback that we've had going all the way back to sanchez um has not been able to play a full season i mean you can look sam darnold was out you can go back uh fitzpatrick didn't play the whole year gino got punched in the face broke broke his jaw <laughs> um, all types of stuff and it's just it's just par for the course and I was very disgusted but I am happy to hear that the results of his surgery went really really well they just went off and shaved some of the meniscus um, that that he had there and it was a bone bruise and they're saying two to four weeks probably it's going to be around I think what the way this is going to play out is that is this and you guys are, let me know if you agree I think the Jets are looking at the Ravens and saying, yeah, this is a complicated defense, an aggressive defense. Um, let's go ahead and get Flacco prepped up for this game. He know, you know, this was his old team. Um, let him play against Baltimore week one. Let's just make sure the, you know, Zach is full health. And then either week two or three, get a full practice in with Zach as the one going into the Browns game. Uh, I think that's probably the way it sounds and where it's going. And uh, I would love for him to play against the Ravens, but I think they're probably going to be preparing with Flacco and, uh, and they're just going to make sure that he's okay. And honestly, Zach needs this year. If he wasn't going to play the entire year, um, I, I just don't know what the jets would have done from a direction perspective going into year three. So happy to hear that he's going to be okay. 
Yeah, that would have been a tough spot for the Jets to be in as a franchise coming off a year when Zach started off so bad as he did in his rookie season, finished a little stronger, doesn't even play his second year. I mean, that's a tough spot for us to be in going into year three. I think Flacco at this point of his, at this point of both of their careers, Flacco obviously is probably a better quarterback. Um, but I think the ceiling for Zach Wilson, as we all hope, is a much higher than Joe Flacco. But I think he can go out there and give us maybe a couple good games before Zach gets in here. Maybe win a game for the first time as a New York Jet. One guy I don't understand, Mike, you brought this to my attention. Somebody that has a lot of heat or hatred or anger towards Zach Wilson for reasons I don't understand is Brady Quinn. And Mike, you brought to my attention a quote he had this week. Now, I know Brady Quinn is on a morning show on a daily basis. And I know when you're on those type of shows, you have to talk a lot. You say a lot of things and nobody thinks Brady Quinn's the sharpest tool in the shed. He's half a moron. I get it. You've been in your head a ton of times. You're not the sharpest guy out there. You're probably the worst quarterback in the media that's ever played. I don't know anyone else. Most guys actually have to achieve something in the league to be able to be a pundit. You're one of the worst quarterbacks that's ever stepped in the NFL and probably one of the biggest busts of all time. So when it comes to your career, it's why the take you have on Zach is interesting. I'm going to tell all the ABG fans and Jet fans what Brady Quinn said. Mike, you brought this to my attention, too. You, uh, Brady Quinn said, the media wants this to work out so badly, and it's kind of tough to listen to. I've never seen a quarterback get so much love from the media for doing less than Wilson has in a long time. Now, I'll open the floor to both of you in a moment. I just want to say that what national narrative, aside from Zach Wilson going after his buddy's mom and that being a laughing funny thing for a few weeks what national narrative did i miss did mike miss did sammy miss did the rest of the entire sports nation miss in regards to zach wilson that brady quinn is keyed in on and we missed guys because when i looked today i tried to find any article outside of new york where anybody said zach wilson's gonna be really good this year Zach Wilson's going to be great this year. Zach, Zach Wilson's a sleeper this year. In fact, guys, when I looked it up, Sports Illustrated ranked their quarterbacks in tiers, elite, franchise QB, top shelf QB, middle of the pack QB. Okay, Zach didn't even make it there. Mediocre QB. He ain't in that pack. Okay, he's in the lowest level, which just says promising. I looked up Sporting News. He's 24th. I looked up The Athletic. He's 28th. Davis Mills is ahead of him. NBC Sports, he's 27th. Fox Sports, he's 28th. You can't find a place that thinks he's gonna be good this year. You can't find a writer or a pundit or anybody anywhere outside of New York that has a narrative of Zach Wilson being great this year. I don't even know what you're talking about. Mike, am I wrong? When you read that and heard that, I get that the guy doesn't like him. He's already taken shots at Zach in the past, but the narrative of, I've never seen somebody get so much love for the media for doing less. Dude, he's only played 13 games. What love? Where, where, where's the love that I'm missing, Mike? I live in Texas, and uh, when I went to my son's football practice, I was wearing a jet hat, and one of the fathers came over to me and was just like, hey, um, looks like you guys did really good in the draft. I was like, yeah, you know, he's like, Who, who's your quarterback again? I was like, Zach Wilson. They're like, oh, yeah, the BYU kid. Oh, at work, <laughs> at work. Cats are like, yo, who's QBing with you guys, Gino? No, 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 no. Geno Smith is now on the Seattle Seahawks. It's Zach Wilson. Oh, the Mormon kid. Got it. Oh, yeah. he was with his mom's his mom's best friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson is not, I mean, again, Zach's big time in New York City. Obviously, people know him in the New York media market, but Zach is not a story. 
in the NFL, guys. So Brady Quinn is just weird because, like, I don't understand what prompted him to come back to this story. It's like there's so many other things to talk about. Lamar Jackson may sit out the season because he didn't get a contract. That's looming. That's looming. Jimmy Garoppolo could get traded. Like, there's a million stories out there. Okay, and you talk about Zach Wilson, it's either in my brain, maybe it's, you know, this is just how I see it. Either Zach Wilson is the pretty boy QB you wish you were, and you're afraid he's going to be successful and be what you wished you were, and you're never going to be, or you just straight up, like, don't like Mormons. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I, I don't know. There's a, there's a third option. Sammy, I don't know. What, what's there's the third a, option? There's a third option. He really wanted to get with that friend's mom, and Zach beat him to it, and now he's really upset at it. <laughs> the third option I was wondering is if Zach Wilson has DM'd Brady Quinn. I mean, that's all I could think of. Oh. You, know, oh. Or, or, or you look at it like this. Zach Wilson last year was a rookie. He finished with the lowest QB rating in the league, guys, as we know. It makes him an easy target, but the thought process of the media pushing in, they think he's going to be great. Never seen someone get so much love. I don't know where the love is. I don't know where it is. And, you know, you, there's a lot of pundits and a lot of people. You don't have to have been a great player to be a tremendous pundit, to be a talking head, to do a great job when it comes to analyzing the NFL. It just seems to be that the better players are in hot, more high-profile roles on networks, on ESPN, on NFL Network, on NBC, on Fox, all over the place, right, guys? It seems like the best players have the best grasp of the game, okay? Now, Brady Quinn, when he came into the draft 2007, he was projected top 10 pick, maybe even the first pick. He went 22nd. There's a reason for that. Came in as a rookie, couldn't beat out Derek Anderson and Charlie Fry. He didn't play a game. Okay, Zach Wilson as a rookie started 13 games. You didn't play a single game. You threw eight passes as a rookie. Your second season, you couldn't beat them out either, okay? You played three games. You broke your hands like a scrub. You went one and two. His third season, Mangini comes in, names him the starter. He got benched by the third game. Halftime. Gets a Liz Frank injury. He went two and seven that year, scrub. One and two his first year, scrub. Okay, guys? After that, what does he do? He bounces around as a backup the rest of his entire career. Brady Quinn is one of the biggest busts you can possibly imagine for what people thought he might be because he looks like a quarterback from a movie, right? He came in pretty boy quarterback from Notre Dame, won the Maxwell Award, tremendous player, bust, bust city. And I don't know if there's some type of anger or resentment at quarterbacks like Zach or other quarterbacks that are getting love and maybe struggling. He wants to jump on it and maybe um, kick them when they're down type deal. Because when you look at Brady Quinn's career, guys, Zach Wilson's only played 13 games. As you know, he's a rookie, right? Zach's only started 13 games. He only has one, Brady Quinn has one more win in his entire career than Zach Wilson had last year. Yeah. He has one more win in his entire career than Zach had last year. Zach went three and 10, Brady Quinn's four and 12. Brady Quinn, his greatest year he's ever had, guys, threw for 1,300 yards. Zach threw for 2,300 yards last year as a rookie in 13 games. As bad as, as, bad as he is, Brady, a thousand more yards than you had in your best year. The scrub had last year. And let's get some more stats, guys. Zach threw for nine touchdowns last year. In his best year, Brady Quinn threw for eight touchdowns. Zach only played 13 games. You add the four rushing touchdowns in, guys. Those 13 touchdowns Zach had last year, rushing and passing, that equals the exact amount Brady Quinn had in his entire career in the NFL. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? 
his entire career. This guy got another chance with uh, 2012 with the Chiefs, but was a scrub there too. He won one game. Look at look how he threw two two touchdowns, seven picks that year. Your entire career, you played in the NFL every game as a scrub with the Browns. You bounced around all these teams. You played in the. You had a cup of coffee with the Jets as a backup. You had 13 touchdowns your entire career. Zach had that many last season. Guys, okay. Um, when we talk about rushing yards, Zach had 185 rushing yards last year. Brady went at 105, 185 rushing yards in his entire career once again. Um, you, you see the narrative I'm getting here, guys? Zach's quarterback rating last year, which was one of the worst in the league, 69.7. You want to criticize him? Your career quarterback rating was 64. Guys, Zach got sacked 44 times last year. The line did not do a good job protecting him. In his entire career, Brady Quinn had a clean pocket. He only got sacked 41 times. In his whole career, Brady Quinn. He's back there operating with a clean pocket. Scrub. Scrub. He averaged 126 yards a game passing, Brady Quinn. Zach averaged a buck 80 last year in his rookie season. He eclipsed your entire career as a rookie in 13 games. Just put that in perspective for all chance. This guy hating on Zach, saying he doesn't know why he's getting the love. He's a scrub. He's horrible. He's this. He's that. He eclipsed your entire football career in 13 games, and he was the worst quarterback in the league. What are you saying about yourself, Brady? Why do you hate yourself so much that you got to put someone on blast that is better than you in 13 games than you had in your entire career? What are we doing? It, it just makes no sense. I don't understand it. But, you know, let him say whatever he's got to say. You know, like, in the end, it's all about results. And, you know, in the end, Sammy, this is how I look at it. Like Keith just asked me, were you upset about yesterday? I only care about W's. Okay, I'm done with worrying about all this sh- crap. Okay, yeah, and, and, I and care about W's in the end. And if he doesn't deliver W's, I don't care if he's sitting on his couch with his toe broken. You didn't make it. Win. That's it. That's all I want to see. I want honestly, W's. Honestly, with Brady Quinn, that whole thing, if you want to talk about a quarterback who's getting love from the media who shouldn't be, well, then go on a rant about fucking Deshaun Watson who's got suspended six games for assaulting 25 women and just apologizing to ESPN. is like, look, he apologized women. You should be happy now. If you want to go on a rant, rant about something that matters, right? Um, not something that, like he said, he's better than you in 13 games. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I just I just don't understand where the angst is coming from, Brady Quinn. You're one of the biggest scrubs of all time. Your stats are horrific. You're a career backup, and you're talking smack about Zach Wilson, who's only played 13 games, has better stats than you across the board. No big deal. But let's get into some more positive stuff, guys. Now, we know last week we talked about Dwayne Brown coming in here. Two years, $22 million, five Pro Bowls for him, three All-Pro games, um, three All-Pros. Now, me and Mike were discussing during the week with some of the homies – is he going to play left tackle? Is he going to play right tackle? We have that answer now. We've been told by Coach Robert Salah that Font's going to move to right tackle. Dwayne Brown's going to slide into left tackle. In 2006 and 2007, when he was in college at Virginia Tech, he did play right tackle, Dwayne Brown. But he comes to the NFL. He's been playing left tackle his entire career here. So I think because of his age, um, I think they want to slide him in where he feels more comfortable. And they're going to put Font back at right tackle where it doesn't seem like he played as well. It seemed like he played a lot better for some reason at left tackle than he did at right tackle. Sammy, a lot of people don't understand, and I had to explain this to many people this week. Uh, I know they're both tackles, right? It says tackle after each of them, left and right. Completely different positions. A lot a lot of different things required from those two positions. I know you have a strong opinion on this, then moving Font to right tackle after kind of letting him know he's going to play left and Becton's going to play right. Now he's bouncing back to the right. Continuity's kind of in question here. What do you guys say about this, Sam, when it comes to Dwayne Brown and the shifting of the offensive line? So we kind of went into it 
about like the differences of the two tackle spots. So I won't spend too much time talking about that again. Um, but I'm really not happy about this at all. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, he's your best lineman in my opinion. He played the best last year. I think he's going to be the best lineman we have this year again. Uh, maybe Lincoln Tomlinson overtakes him because that guy's just established. But I really like Fon. So you took your best guy, you moved him out of the most important position on your offensive line to right tackle for a guy who, listen, Dwayne Brown was great, right? But that's this Dwayne Brown hasn't been signed yet for a reason, right? So, yeah, I know he's older and stuff, and maybe he's still got something in the tank, but I don't know if he still has left tackle ability in the tank. And it upsets me that we took our best guy, we moved him from the most important spot on the line and told him, guess what, you're going to play right tackle anyway, even though the entire offseason you've been playing left tackle. I hate everything about it. Get a younger guy, make him play right tackle, trial by fire. Get another free agent, someone a little younger. Literally anything else except getting this old head and moving our best lineman out of the most important spot on our line. Well, okay, I respectfully disagree with you, and I respectfully disagree for a few reasons. One, we did sign him. We signed him to a $22 million two-year contract. So he's going to be with us not just this year but next year. That's a significant amount, an investment into the offensive line. Number two, last year he was a pro bowler. Yes, he was a reserve that got selected, but he was a pro bowl left guard. That was not what Fant ended up being. So last season, I would say that Dwayne Brown was actually better at the left tackle position than one uh, George Fant was last season, even though George Fant had a good uh, season. Then when you factor in the fact that he's 37 years old and he's played almost all of his entire career at the left tackle and not played that much at all at right, and you see that George Fant has played left and right, and showed that he's probably better at left tackle than a right tackle, but has that flexibility. It just makes sense to take somebody like George Fant, put him back in a position that he played and has played effectively, and then place uh, Dwayne Brown, who was a Pro Bowl left tackle last year, um, protecting Zach Wilson's blind side. Um, so I de- definitely think that also having um, the continuity between um, L- um Elijah Barrett Tucker and George Fant. They played on the left side together. Now they'll play on the right side together. They're used to being in sync with one another. And then you have Lakin and then you have Brown, two veterans who also, I think, will be able to sharpen up that left side with McGovern in the middle. So I, if I was the coach, this is exactly what I, what I would have done. I expected them to do this. I didn't expect them to take a guy who's 37 years old and has been a pro bowler at one place and then move him to the right where he may not be effective at all. We need protect. The most important thing we have here is we need to protect Zach Wilson. And I think by doing this, that is the best um, position. That's just my opinion. Yeah, you know what? I kind of, and I don't really do this, guys. I kind of fall right in the middle with both your opinions because I do understand what Sammy's saying insofar as the fact that Font in certain pass block grades on PFF, especially guys, remember we were going through them last year. This this spots he was top five, you know, in the league. Um, and he's much younger, probably faster. I think his versatility in this scenario is kind of what's hurting him. The fact that he, we know he can play right tackle. Brown's never done it in the NFL. Um, I understand that. I think Font, might be the best lineman, Sammy, and maybe that's why they got to move him over there because you can't do that with Brown. He's kind of locked in there at left tackle. I will say one thing. Um, when it comes to Brown, he was a reserve last year. He played pretty good at left tackle. Um, it's someone that's played at a high level his whole career. 
when people say, and I saw, I read this today, I'm like, oh, there's a reason he was unsigned, this and that. The reason he was unsigned is because he was waiting for this situation with some team. And he waited, and now he has two years, $22 million. He's smart. He's 37 years old. I mean, this guy could have signed with plenty of teams at the beginning of camp and got two or three million and played for a spot, right? Instead, he waited it out, an injury happened. Now he has $22 million. I think that had a lot more to do with it because a lot of teams were interested in him. Um, 6'4", 315, still played at a pretty high level last year, or at least right in the middle of the pack where you know he's solid. I think Font did grade out higher, Sammy, but I do think one thing Mike said is true is that, you know, they moved AVT over to the right. So having them in lockstep together on the other side of the line now probably helps with continuity, considering there's a lot of movement. And then Tomlinson and Dwayne Brown on that left side of the line, that's just two vets right there. That's two all-pro level players in the past, at least on the left side of the line. I don't think there's a wrong decision, Sammy, but I do understand what you're saying because of how good Font was last year. Yeah, um, and I, am ha- I, am, I am happy, though, at least. So Becton goes down. At least they have this option here. Having Brown and having Font at your tackles could end up even being better than if having Font and having Becton at tackle, considering the issues we had with Becton. And say Becton goes down in week three or week four or week five, Brown would have been on some other team already. You know, a lot of contenders are talking to him. Plenty of teams were interested in him. He was just waiting out. I bet you he did not want to go through training camp because he's old. Um, I bet you that had part to do with like kind of a Michael Strahan move. And I think if they had to wait till a month into the season, Sammy, I don't think we would have had a chance to get him. So yeah, I, just, I guess my big problem with it and my big issue, what I take most issue with, is that we didn't think about addressing this beforehand because we know Becton has injuries all offseason. The the coaching staff, the general managers, they've all been concerned about Becton's health, his longevity. So why not address that when you had the opportunity to, even with something that's not as much of a work in progress like they did in the draft later on, right? Um, yeah, knowing that, that it could potentially happen, right? I would rather... I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, And I know Dwayne Brown's probably going to play pretty well for us as well. I'm not saying that he's not a good player, but I just don't like the way they went about it because I think it shows a lack of foresight when you know that Becton's got some serious health and longevity issues, and he's shown that. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. The salary cap, though, I mean, the money they have committed to Becton, Tomlinson, AVT, um, there's a lot of money committed to the line before Brown. So you you can't you can't go sign another tackle and give him six or seven million dollars. No, 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 I didn't mean. I mean like go draft a guy, take a guy in the fourth round, like take a fourth rounder right. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying, bro. But who would you who are you giving back off this draft? Because it's the best draft we ever had. Which guy don't you want? That's all you gotta look at. And I and I, Sammy, when we did the draft preview, we spoke about this, and you spoke about it too. We all thought they grabbed Max Mitchell, who obviously looked a little overwhelmed the other night. Um, and it seemed like that would be a spot for us that makes sense tackle. I'm not. Really, um, I can't say I have any problems with anyone that drafted because I'm stoked about this draft. Um, but if they went ahead and grabbed a stud in the third round or the fourth round, considering how many picks we have, I don't think anyone would have um, been upset with that. Let- I don't think Max Mitchell is going to be the answer. Maybe down the line, Mike, but he played the other night and he got completely overwhelmed. Let me ask you guys this question. I know this is foresight, but would Aquanu have been the better choice? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that the way it worked out, like I'd rather have Sauce and Dwayne Brown than have Aquanu and be locked in and not have that corner over there. Okay. I got, I agree with that. Especially considering like DJ Reed has a hamstring injury, so he didn't play this week. And DJ Reed has been, before he got hurt, as Mike told a lot of you, probably the the best defensive player in camp. Killing it. DJ Reed's killing it. But say he goes down this year, hypothetically, DJ Reed goes down. And we don't have sauce. Now we're back to square one like last year, and Bryce Hall's our number one corner. So I'm happy with what the Jets did, guys. I'm fine with how it worked out. If Brown goes out there and shits the bed, 
we might readdress this, and Sammy's probably going to be absolutely right. But if he goes out there and plays at a decent level or plays as good as he did last year, um, I think we'll be in a good spot, especially with Tomlinson over there with him on the left side of the line. He's still right in his prime, Tomlinson. Um, I think we're going to be okay. I want to say the line the other night, though. Now, we knew Adoga was going out there, and we knew Max Mitchell. Those were our tackles, guys. I mean, that's not optimal. Um, I don't think that played into, I know Mike was strong opinion about this when it comes to playing Zach, considering how bad the line was. Now, those guys didn't really factor into why Zach got injured, um, but you do have a risk factor out there playing two dudes at that level. Adoga's proven he's not probably starting level player in this league going up against a pretty good defensive line there with the Eagles. Max Mitchell, they gave him a shot. We drafted him this year, guys. He looked completely overwhelmed there at right tackle. Like, he had no idea what he was doing. We're going to run through this Eagles-Jets game, Mike. Um, but that injury to Zach, I know you were not happy, at least, Mike, when the game started, that they were running him out there with this offensive line that seemed like it was completely underhand. I, I was so... I, I mean, again, I don't try to curse on this show, but I can't tell you how angry I was when I saw Zach Wilson go out there with garbage, absolute scrub crustings on both sides at tackle i do you don't why are you putting your franchise quarterback out there with these people and the starting defensive line for the philadelphia eagles and they tore up that line that, that line had no push whatsoever i know some fantasy managers were a little bit worried about Brees hall because Brees hall didn't do anything guys they they had nothing at tackle what'd you want okay? them to do uh, what did there was I nothing mean, they could do and then so the backfield and then so Zach, under pressure, okay, the, the the interception that he threw was a bad interception. But I want, you got to look at it. When he, he thought he could fit it in the window, he was getting rushed. He didn't see the linebacker, the linebacker picked it. It wasn't like it was an inaccurate throw. It was that he misjudged it. And um, I know we've seen this before and people are like, oh my God, oh my God. You know what? I'd rather see something like that than you know, him missing dump offs. The first throw was probably more disconcerting to me because he yeah. over, he airmailed uh, uh, Garrett Wilson. And I think he really rushed that one. And yep. I honestly think that Zach, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying there's anyone else. I think Zach gets, gets butterflies and, and gets, you know, you know, all flustered when he first starts games. It just, he rubs me like that. And then just kind of has to get into it to, to, you know, work all that out. But uh, and then he started having a couple of few good drives there. And guess what? That play um, the defensive line got around Max Mitchell and chased him out. And then he went to go make a move and obviously he tweaked the knee. Thank goodness it wasn't the season engineer and uh, ending injury. But I'm I would not have played Zach Wilson. I would have I would have put out Flacco or just sent Mike White out there. You don't do that. And, you know, I'm kind of part of me is a little bit. um I don't want to say happy, but I want to say a little relieved that Zach will should be able to play for the rest of the season. And we're Dwayne Brown and Fant are not going to be out there for the, probably the next preseason games. And I don't want Zach out there either. So let him just, you know, bubble wrap him and, you know, let's just uh, go forward because that that was really, really scary. But other than that, Keith, Jets, Eagles. There wasn't too, too much that really impressed me. A couple of guys we're going to get into here in a second. But I thought the main takeaway for me was Michael Clemens. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, Michael Clemens is working his way into the starting lineup. That's just how he's been playing. And dare I say, he looks better than JJ right now. Yeah. 
I thought Jermaine Johnson had a good, you saw that had one play at a really good containment of Jalen Hurts to make him scramble. I thought Johnson played okay, but the guy that stood out, if you watched the game and you didn't know where anybody was drafted, Mike, and you just watched, Michael Clemens stood out. I mean, he had a sack, he had a bunch of other impact plays, a bunch of uh, rush, uh, you know, pressured the quarterback a bunch of times, played angry, which you heard the announcers say. He was the most fired up guy on the field, Michael Clemens. Um, Action Jackson, as we call him here on the ABG show. Cyborg. Cyborg. Um, I thought he played great. Not too many guys, I think, stood out. When, when he gets to Zach for a moment, I just want to touch on what you said a moment ago, Mike. I know a lot of people said the same thing with Zach. Why would you put him out there, this and that? But, you know, last year, he missed four games. And when he came back towards the end of the year, it seemed like he was trending in the right direction. And I am someone that thinks he needs to be out there getting as many reps as humanly possible. I mean, it's only two drives they had him out there for. Uh, I know he had a couple bad passes there, but he also had a really good pass in the slot there. Elijah Morgan's bullet, tremendous pass to Conklin. Uh, I think Zach needs as many reps as humanly possible right now. So I didn't really have an issue with them putting him out there because it seemed like most of the stuff they were doing was pretty safe. Just the offensive line couldn't do anything. And when it comes to to Brees Hall, which Mike mentioned, he had five carries or 15 yards. Um, Brees Hall was getting tackled in the backfield. Michael Carter had the same situation um, when he got the ball. It wasn't like either of them could do anything. No room at all for either of them. We know our boy um, Zanavian Knight had some good runs there. Um, Bam Knight, NC State, undrafted free agent. He's probably going to make the team. P. Ryan was able to get a little something going in the second half. But the first team offensive line what we put out there not it's not what not the fact that we're going to put out there in the season but just what we had there for this game pretty much got dominated uh what was more concerning to me even now obviously zach wilson's injury and the concerns we had from that that was on the top and the first of everybody's list the top of everybody's mind when the game was over but i think the defense mike um man they just moved the ball right down the field on us twice the eagles we were saying before the game i was saying eagles had the best rushing attack in the league last year we had the worst rushing defense let's see what happens here Jalen Hurts was able to run the ball pretty well. They were able to throw the ball over the place. We didn't really get much of a push towards him at all. We got to stop. And then Quincy Williams with the latest of late hits. <laughs> I mean, that was egregious. I mean, I'm a Jets fan watching the game. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, sometimes the late hits are close. And you kind of don't really look at them objectively as a fan. You always think, oh, why you throw a flag on us, man? That was pretty close. That was a no-brainer. I mean, he was two steps on the sideline. The drive keeps going. Two plays later, touchdown for the Eagles. If Quincy Williams wants to be a player in this league for a long time, you can't make those mental mistakes. That was horrible by Quincy Williams. I think he's one of the players who stopped, dropped in this game. To me, he didn't play well. He had a big mental mistake. And Mike White's the other one I thought did not play that well in this game. Uh, I know what we, we kind of know we're getting out of Mike White, like Sammy said. You could pop him in there. He's serviceable. Uh, but I thought he looked pretty bad in this game. I don't like how he looked at all. It wasn't like he was going against the Eagles' first team either. He's going up against second-string guys. He also has second-string guys out there with him. I totally get it, guys. Um, but he's someone that not think played that well. When it comes to the receiving core, um, Cager, who's now a tight end, I guess. He's enormous. Two catches, 40 yards for him. Denzel Mims with two third-down catches. Now he only had two receptions, but at least he's showing up. Basically had no stats last year. So he basically did better in this one game than he did pretty much did all of last year. Um, who else stood out? You know who else stood out to me, Mike, in the game was our punter. The LeBron James of punting. Me and Mike oh, were shouting man. out for a while. He averaged 46 yards a punt. He put three punts inside the 20, and he saved a touchdown on a punt return. Braden, man, don't get yourself injured again, dude. You did Sammy, did you, see, did you see Q just killing it in the beginning? He was just getting in the back. He was, I mean, Hurst was running all over. Q was getting, I don't know, people weren't really talking about him, but if you watch that first series... And and guess what? Lawson wasn't out there. And that was another thing, real quick. 
Real quick, defense. Everyone's like, oh, they gave up all those yards. Yo, nobody was playing. Mosley wasn't playing. Mosley, JFM, Lawson, DJ right. Reed, Lamarcus Jordan, none of them played. That, that's you. five starters. Thank you. And also, okay, now and I should I should have prefaced my comments about the defense with that. That's important. A lot of the guys that played in their place were hoping to have big roles this year as reserve guys, but we were missing five starters. So I mean, you got to take it into consideration. I I loved what Clemens did. I thought he played exactly what we saw in our draft preview where we were talking about maybe he doesn't have the biggest skill set, but he sure as hell can get after that quarterback and get in the backfield. Yep. And I think he showed us that. And it was actually, it was awesome to watch. Yeah, I don't know, like like you said, Sammy, I don't know what Clemens is going to bring to the squad when it comes to like being a run stopper. But I do know that what from what I saw, at least, he can get after that quarterback. And he has some speed. The guy's obviously very physical. And you do not have to worry about the level of aggression he's bringing to the field. That's what Robert Sala wants, is how that guy plays. Um, he's he's kind of carving a role out here for himself. Somebody that slid down draft boards for a lot of off-the-field reasons could be a gem we got from this draft, guys. Um, also, our boy Rucker, huge Jet fan, dad in the crowd, caught a touchdown from our boy Chris the Reveler Streveler, coming in like a Canadian football legend oh in the second half, guys. Um, he put a blue bomber in the Canadian football. He won the Grey Cup 2019. He's had a cup of coffee with a few NFL teams here. He was running the ball all over the place. Now, guys, he didn't take a single snap with the offense at any point in training camp yet. And he went out and first the Eagles, they pretty much played the whole second half, had a couple good drives there. Obviously, we know he's just going to be kind of a, a camp guy. Maybe he makes the practice squad. Maybe he doesn't. Um, nice touchdown there at the end. Bam Knight had a nice return. Sammy mentioned before we started the show. I think like, he nice makes the return. team. Yeah, I think, I think he makes the team. Mike, we're looking at P. Ryan now. 10 carries, 51 yards for P. Ryan. Um, he had two runs where he got most of those yards, but he did pretty good, P. Ryan, too. Looks a little bit more in shape, looked a little faster to me, P. Ryan, than he ever had looked in the previous two years. So I think he knows he's a cut candidate, P. Ryan. And they got an undrafted guy like here, like Bam Knight, who played tremendous. So I think those guys are going to be battling out there for that third running back spot. Ty Johnson didn't dress for this game, guys. But, I mean, 24-21, they came away with a win. I know it's just a preseason game, but you know how these coaches are. They want to win every single game they can. Um, the interception Zach had, I meant to mention this before, uh, Mike, he did lock in on Corey Davis. And I saw even when the pass he threw to Conklin, he was, like, looking at him the whole time, too. So, you got to – those are the type of things you worry about with Zach. I and mean, he does seem to get a little jittery. In those first quarters, and it so seems, to, and, he, and he seems to fall into the game, coming to a better pace as the game goes. Totally makes sense. I understand that. Uh, we need to lock that down, though. That's why maybe it is, maybe it is a blessing in disguise that you're going to have Flacco in there versus the Ravens. Tricky defense, a lot of good players on defense, um, and you know you want the team to get off to a good start. Say Zach goes out there, has a really bad first game. We know how it is in New York. That's the oh. beginning of the snowball rolling down the hill oh. of negativity. And, and the Browns. And the Browns, to me, is the perfect game to put him in because you know what the story is going to be. You know what the story is going to be. Yep. It's going to be – and it, it will be not on Zach. It will not be on the Jets. It will be all about Deshaun Watson. You know going into the game, that's what they're going to be talking about. They're going to be talking about what the suspension is. They're gonna, that's the narrative. So that's a perfect cover to throw our boy in and let him do his thing. Yeah. And, and I know you were talking about running backs before – I, I love the group. I thought the group looked really good. I know that Brees was getting choked up a little bit, but did you see what Coach Embry had to say about his committee and his feelings on it? What did he say? He was in the news, and they were like, how do you feel about having all these backs that look really, like, sharp, right, in this game? And he goes, it's like having Pokemon, man. I just go, Carter, go, and I throw him out there. He's like, I go, oh, go. He goes, it's like playing Pokemon. Yeah. 
Uh, it does seem like we have some options here at running back, but any of those guys, no matter how talented they are, they're going to need some holes and they're going to need some space to operate. And I hope that when the season comes and we have this offensive line intact with Dwayne Brown, Font, Tomlinson, as we know, ABT, McDermott, I hope everybody is ready to rock and roll. And, you know, we're counting on a run game this year to help Zach. We need that to help him as this year goes. Uh, we need that to kind of power the offense because I don't think you can put it all on his shoulders right now. And if they can't block anybody, this is going to be a long season, guys. If it's first down and every time you run the ball, second and nine like it was last year, um, Zach's going to be in a tough spot. He constantly was behind the eight ball last year, it felt like to me, because the run game couldn't get anything going in the first half usually. And then what? He's in second and nine. He's in third and sevens. And then, you know, he's constantly trying to force the ball, get those first downs. That's how we get ourselves into trouble. We know the next uh, preseason game we have coming up, Monday night football versus the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta had a lot of fun storylines going on, too. I know Mariota will probably start the season. They also drafted Desmond Ritter. I don't think Drake London's going to play in this game. I don't know. You know, when it comes to this game, Mike, and kind of the things you're keying in on, I don't know if Dwayne Brown will be out there for this game. I would think not. He only will have a week of practice. You do never know. He could be out there to start it. I don't think Fonten's going to be back for this game either. Now, yep. it was an optimal situation. They're both out there, and they can get a little continuity continuity with the other three starters, and then we can get something going here with the line. Because that's even what Coach Sala said. It's like you haven't really been able to have five guys locked into a position to play with each other day in, day out in a long time. A lot of shifting parts here. Beckman gets hurt. We bring in Brown. We're moving Font over. ABT got moved over. So we have a lot of variables here on the offensive line that could go wrong. And we just need we need as many reps as Sammy knows. Man, you need these guys to play with each other, get that familiarity with each other, so you know where the other guy is going to be without even talking about it. And I don't think this is going to be a game where we're going to be able to see that at all. No. And you know what? I hear you, and I agree. But if I look at the offensive line, we actually have a veteran line. We actually have a, we actually do not have a young we have one young 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 player that's still learning. The rest of these guys are vets. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, yo, I'm kind of good with not playing any of the main guys like uh Dwayne Brown and George Fant. Actually, I tweeted uh after Zach, you know, they said Zach was going to be okay. I said, "Hey, um JD, do me a favor. Bubble wrap Fant, bubble wrap Dwayne Brown." Bubble wrap Quinnen and Lawson and Zach. Don't play them until week one, please, sir. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, and I hear what you're saying about the line and they need that continuity. But the way I feel is like because they have so many years on that line, if you really add up McGovern and Tomlinson and Brown and, and Fent together and you take all of that uh, the experience, I mean, that's a pretty veteran line. And I feel like, you know, good week, two weeks of practice together and then, you know, rolling into the season. And then by the time Zach gets back out there, I bet you that's part of the calculus, too, with Zach. They want him to be 100 percent, but they also want that line to be solidified to your point. So uh, week two, week three, that line should be rolling and then they're ready to protect young Zach in the future state. So I hope so. Yeah. Man. yeah I so. I hope that's how it works out. We're going to have a Doga and Max Mitchell probably back out there this week. I mean, if you want, I mean, we can't have another, we can't have another one of these impact offensive linemen go down. So if they're sitting font, if they're sitting Brown, that's not the end of the world. Um, ABT, it's only a second year. Leave him out there to get the reps. Tomlinson, we just brought him in. Let him go out there and get the reps as well. Um, I understand what you're saying, Mike. I just want, I just want our offensive line. It doesn't have to be in the game. They're practicing every day together. I know Font's not out there, but the other four of them are practicing every day. Um, they're kind of building that chemistry there. When it comes to this game versus the Falcons, I would love to see 
the line give a little bit of space for Brees Hall. Yes. Because I couldn't really see him do much in that first game. I know a lot of fantasy guys, like you said, a lot of Jet fans were a little disappointed. Just one preseason game. I don't know what he you really wanted him to do with what they were able to the Eagles uh, defensive line was able to do and kind of get into the backfield there. I don't really I didn't really see a run where it was Brees Hall's fault he didn't get a game. You know, I kind of saw times he was um, kind of making something out of nothing, even though he only had 15 yards there. And Flacco here with the first team. Now, we know we're running with him the next three or four weeks. More than likely, he's going to start game one. Okay, so you got to put Zach Wilson out of your head. I want Joe Flacco out there this week just to do at least a series or two. We can't have him get hurt. I don't want to see Mike White out there. I'd rather see Joe Flacco out there than Mike White. And even though he's 0-5, like Sammy mentioned before, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, statistically has not been that bad as a Jet, to be honest, if you look at it, guys. So I'd much rather him out there week one. And I just want to see him, same type of thing. The offensive line is going to be a little iffy there. But Joe Flacco is just going to get rid of the ball or throw into the dirt. Joe Flacco is not going to get sacked and get injured in this game. Let me knock on wood, guys. Let me go ahead and knock on wood for you guys. But I want to see him out there with the first team. And i like to see them get some points this yeah. first team offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, the defense was disappointing last game. We're going to have some of these starters. I'm not sure if Mosey's going to play. I don't think DJ Reed's going to play Monday either. Um, but I think some of these other guys might be back in the house for us on Monday. I do think Lawson's going to sit the game out as well. Which, look, sit Lawson out. Sit him. Sit I'm- him. I'm good. Fine with it. We missed. We signed you last year. Got all excited. Had this big shows about you, John Abraham. We were waiting for a guy to get to the quarterback, and then you know you tore the Achilles. So you can sit him out too. I'm totally fine with that. But that's basically the only, the only things I'm looking at. We know how these preseason games go. You just kind of get a little bit of a taste of what the team's going to do. These teams are actually going to be having joint practices during the week with each other. Yeah. So already, the teams already have some familiarity with each other during the game. Let me ask you, Sam, because it is interesting an interesting thing they do in the NFL when these teams practice with each other for two or three days, then they play a game. I mean, do you think that is a situation where once the game starts, um, they're kind of kind of cancel each other out since they've already been practicing with each other the whole entire week? I mean, yeah, kind of. Like, I mean, for me, like when I'm practicing with another team, I'm really doing it because. I want to give my kids a really good look with somebody else's starters, right? Because I have a limited talent pool. Um, I think for the Jets and the Falcons, it probably doesn't cancel out as much as you think because they're probably not installing a lot of stuff. They're probably doing a lot of like scrimmage stuff and drills and those kind of things. So you won't really see it like, oh, like we, we practiced the game. So let's just play the game now like we did in practice all week. Um, I think you'll see them do stuff just to because the preseason is like their experiment. You get the coach. Three of those plays matter the whole game. And it's three plays that they targeted that they plan for because they want to see if that concept will work during the season. Yeah. But the rest of it's just like, let's get guys reps. You know, Yeah, I'm waiting to see how fast into one of these joint practices there's a fight because it seems to be like every single time they have one of these, there's a brawl. I know the Patriots had a huge one this week. Um, I think they were with the Titans, I think. Um, a couple different brawls. It's, it spiraled into the sands. Into the sands. Obviously, Bill Belichick has tremendous control of his team, as always. Um, yeah, I'm excited, guys. Another preseason game coming up. Another chance for us to see the squad. Only a few weeks away from the season starting on September 11th. I can't wait versus the Ravens. And, you know, hey, we have a lot of storylines going on with the squad. We haven't really gotten to the point where we're talking about cuts yet. I know that thing is August 30th is when you got to trim down to the 53-man roster. August 16th was trimmed down to the 80-man roster. No one of note has been let go yet. But as we get going here in the next few weeks, me, Mike, and Sammy will be chopping up with you guys, talking about who we think is going to make the team, 
who he thinks might be on the on the chopping block here. Um, some interesting names. I think Zuniga had a sack in this game, Mike. Someone we thought might be a cut candidate. Played pretty well in this game, too. Um, Michael Sorry. Pirine, someone else, me and you thought might get cut 51 yards on 10 carries. So some of these guys, um, in my head, were foregone conclusions. History off the team. Played pretty well in the first game. So my eyes will be on them in the second game as well. Um, one of the things I'm thinking about, Keith, is I'm debating what slide to use in our uh, in some of our videos uh, from Endgame. Should I use the slide when um, what's his name cut Thanos's head off and the head rolled, or should I use when when uh, Iron Man snapped his finger and Thanos disappeared? Because the Canadian Thanos is going to disappear and oh, yeah. a lot of that has to f do with the fact of guys like tanzel smart playing his butt off i mean he he has been so unbelievable our jonathan marshall has not shown what we want but you know if i look at a guy like jonathan marshall and i look at nathan shepherd you know i don't know how this guy is on the team still so that i mean we were just talking about cuts i yeah. think that's going to be one of the guys but guys denzel mims He's still treading above water. Um, you know, I don't I personally think they're gonna trade him. That's what I think is gonna happen. I can't see him. He doesn't he's not on special teams. He hasn't really he's been doing his thing, he's been doing better in camp, but he's not taking over, you know, is he better than Jeff Smith? Potentially, you know, like he hasn't really won me yet. And he has some of these highlight plays. I want him to make the team, I really do, but in the end, I think we're going to end up trading him and we're going to end up trading Zuniga. Um, that's what I see right now. But um, I'll be looking for stuff like that. Camp battles. Um, I, I hope that they don't play a ton of the players. I'm actually going to be looking at the other side of the of the coin and seeing how um, the uh, tight end plays over there from a fantasy perspective. I'm a little bit interested in that. I was hoping to see their, their rookie up against Sauce. Um, that would have been cool, but I don't think we're going to be able to see that. So I'm good, man. You know, Zach, rest up. Jets, don't, nobody important, really. Nobody, I don't want anyone to get hurt in on both sides. And, um, you know, learn what you got to learn. Get get better uh, understanding the playbook and, and let's, let's play some football. Yeah, I hear what you're saying about Denzel Mims. I think if Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims are comparable, the, if, they, if, if the coaching staff thinks that they can give the same level of performance on the field between the lines, then Jeff Smith's going to be on the team because he plays special teams and he does it at a much higher level than Denzel Mims does. I know they had Tariq Black also, a few other guys are kicking around here. Uh, but, I mean, Denzel Mims in a tough spot, man. He's really got to show up. That's a guy in this Falcon game to keep an eye on because he's going to need to perform if he wants to be on this team, guys, and really show the team that that first year, that second year was an aberration and he is everything we thought you know he does have the size the speed everything we know he's been on abg we've done a show on him in the past with uh beat reporters from baylor and we had high hopes from him man he's really disappointed a lot he can change that entire narrative man if he steps it up here in the last two preseason games who knows you make the team a couple injuries here and there you get an opportunity you know you can change your whole entire career around so we're rooting for denzel mims here on the show Michael, that's all we got for this week. If anyone wants to get at us, I know it's scrolling on the bottom, but for everyone listening in the digital world, if they do want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, you already know we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We're going to be doing some more shows on YouTube live, and we'll, uh, we'll be able to see your comments and kind of and talk through those when we uh, go through the show. So that's some, some new nuances coming on Facebook at AEBD.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NY. Podcast and on Instagram at Jet 
www.aebg. Yeah, we do appreciate everybody that listens to the show, wherever you listen to it. If you download it, you get it from Apple iTunes, you get it from Spotify, you watch us on YouTube. I think our demo skews a little older, Michael, because most people like to just download the digital version. I get it. But if you want to see our faces and kind of see the new interface we have going on, if you're listening to us, go check us out on YouTube as well. Give us a play. Give us a like. Give us a subscription, guys. You know you love the show, everybody. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week on behalf of the number one Jeff in the state of Texas and on behalf of the number one high school coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy O'Hare. I'm Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Cool. Nice.